Don't miss your chance to win big every week on The Zone this week. Coming up on Win Ticket Wednesday, you can win a pair of tickets to the Doobie Brothers at Utah First Credit Union on August 30th. Listen to The Zone all day Wednesday for your chance to win. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. We've been talking about the Utah Jazz. They lost a thriller. Is that the kind of effort you can live with? Is that enough going forward? And as David Locke points out, with the schedule going forward, that kind of effort ought to lead to a lot of wins because there's some bad teams on the schedule coming up after the, uh, after the break. Yes, Vance says. It was a great game to watch. I loved the effort. Jewel, no. They've never won anything in 50 years. Zip. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, they got lots of company then. A lot of company? They have some company. Not winning the championship. That is a long stretch. Well, more teams than not haven't won it. You know that Ute team in 97, 98? Mm-hmm. They didn't win squat. <laughs> just, <Lost>. just, <laughs> dismissed the final four. <laughs> Taking down Carolina in the semis, yeah. which is an epic game. Right, that's what we're doing. It was an epic game. Right? I think they're referring to the 49 years without a championship, which is the okay. sixth longest streak in the NBA. Now, it's a little hard for Jazz fans to whine about that because there's no way you suffered through the first five years of that. There's <laughs> just no way. They were in New oh, Orleans. You weren't suffer. paying any attention. There was no suffering. There was no disappointment. There were no hopes dashed. You weren't paying attention. They when were in New Stockton Orleans. When Stockton hits the three to send them to the finals, how much suffering was there? There was no happiness or joy. They won squat, <laughs> which 10,000 people went out to the airport to remind them of while cheering deliriously out of the beds of their trucks and screaming and hollering and standing on the The whole state went, went nuts. nuts when he made that shot. Once you become a sports fan, you better be prepared to handle disappointment because you're going to have more disappointment than you have winning it all. Way That's more. That's the way it is here, man. Way more. Even the GOATs, the yeah. legends who take so many titles on 20 years of football. Well, it was more than 20 years of football when he was done. How many years of football was it for Brady? And he won seven titles. So basically two-thirds of the time, he didn't win at all. And that guy won more than anybody. Right, and he was right there on the edge, and they didn't get it done. So those things oh, are going to happen. He's 18-0, and 0 and they blew the Super Bowl and lost in a helmet catch. Agony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Let's not go too crazy. If you want to go, hey, how long is this thing going to take? When are we going to get out of this? I want it. I want it now. I want to know. All right, fine. Uh, I understand that. But to be sit there and say, oh, my gosh, they've never won it all. All right. And, and when does it become, well, you did win it all, but that was so long ago. Or when does it become that? The Knicks. <laughs> Seattle lost their team. Ooh, that's way worse. The team moving, that right. just completely blows. Having seen two teams move out of San Diego, completely blows. And Seattle, so well-supported, so successful. 
That was a bad one. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, Arguably, I'd have to think about it, but the worst move, you know, relocation in my lifetime. I guess uh, you know, that that way you can rule out the Dodgers. Dodgers. <laughs> you can rule rule out the yeah, Dodgers and Giants. Right. Dodgers and Giants. Right. Uh, the Colts I mean, was, was a bad one. That was in our lifetime. The Colts was a bad one. I know the city okay, eventually got sure. another team, but, but that was still but, a bad one. And a really good team. And uh, I, so yeah, and, and the here, Oilers. Seattle still hasn't gotten one. The Oilers leaving sucked. And yeah, I don't. They really, got another team. They did, but it's like, what? What are the Texans? Well, so. I don't know. Maybe they'll what do, do something. What are they? They got the rookie of the year, hot yeah. shot quarterback. Yep. What do you mean? What and are they've the been, Texas? And the Texans they've, are an up and coming powerhouse. I like the Oilers. Well, what have been I'll, Houston? They had used the Oilers hadn't won anything, so they suck. <laughs> That's true. Those <laughs> AFC title games, losing the Steelers, that doesn't count. It was a great brand. It was a good time. Right. I lived on the other side of the country, and I knew their fight song. I love that. I hate they went away. Uh, to me. Let's see what this team does out of the break because they got winnable games, and I'm expecting them to win. All right, I gave you the hangover. The hangover lasted a week, but I don't want a sequel. I don't want hangover two. I didn't like hangover two. Good call. Did they make a hangover three? They did because they thought hangover two sucked. (laughs) They didn't want to go out on that. (laughs) So here we go on this, right, starting Thursday. You got time off, regroup. And you got uh, some home games coming up, uh, so get back on track now. I mean, uh, you've got everything that you need to be able to be successful. Don't tell me that, oh, you can't beat Charlotte and all these other dogs because you don't have Olenek and Fontecchio. My goodness, they're not that good. We want Ws, but that's still a week away. But we want them nonetheless. They ought to be able to come yeah, out of the break they, and go. Twenty six and thirty now. They are twenty six and thirty now, and they need to right, be twenty so eight and thirty. They need to be twenty eight and thirty when they go out on the road. And they will. And how about Locke, man? When I asked him about has uh, Sexton's uh, opinion, or, uh, has he changed opinions? Mm-hmm. Man, that was a vigorous response. It's almost like he fed me that question <laughs> because. He responded so strongly and vigorously and vehemently in a bunch of other fancy words with conviction. And so if that's the case, then they got something in this young fellow. And he can grow up right here in this community, and this community will love you back as well as any community in the entire sports world in our country. Of that, I am assured, and I have firm belief in that. And if he continues to do what he's doing, they will love him back to the nth degree. And you've got something. He's put together too many games now to consider this a fluke. And Ainge did see something in him because as soon as they traded for him, they extended him. So Ainge doesn't talk a whole lot. But I wonder if he could get up there and you could ask. I would wish we could answer, ask him more questions because I love to hear him talk. He's an insightful dude, and obviously he knows a thousand times more than just about anybody else around here. When you extended him as part of that trade, 
what did you forecast him as? Did you forecast him as what he's doing right now? Because what he's doing right now is an extremely high level. We can't argue about that. There's no question. When you're starting, how many games has it been? 20, 30? I don't even know. Uh, and it's more often than not, you know, and I get last night was big time extreme, but it's more often than not he's having a good game. That's the point I'm making. The bad game is the surprise game, right? And so you got a building block right there. So check that off. George, eh, still not sure. We all like what we see, but still not sure, right? It's very promising, but potentially he's a building block. So I keep hearing, well, Markinen needs, as Locke said, another partner in crime. Why isn't that Sexton? Because until this year, he hadn't taken a step forward that suggests it is. And if it's Keontae George in the long run, that backcourt is smaller than most people would prefer. Maybe they could be an outlier, but usually there's a limit on how far you can get with a small backcourt, even if they're wildly talented. And probably the best recent example would be Portland. And they they had on. good teams and small backcourts. Now, they didn't we have saw a him lock they... down Anthony Davis on the switch the other night. <laughs> Nice. Well, they also have an extremely tall front court. Does that balance it out a little bit? Possibly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm asking that question in earnest. And I think, and I think the answer to that is possibly. It still sets you okay. in a situation right. where teams get matchups, isolate guys. Man, we've said it a million times. The playoffs are different than the regular season. You can hide stuff in the regular season because teams don't have time to prep. But when they have two weeks to figure it out and they're really motivated to figure it out – if you have a weakness, they will exploit it. And then once they find it, they just go at it relentlessly. Okay, but so if, let's just assume that this is the backcourt, right, mm-hmm. for the next five years, for argument's sake. Do they have a disadvantage because they're not as tall? Yes. <clears throat> Understood. But do they turn around and create a disadvantage in their favor on the other end? Uh, to a degree, they will. The question is which of those um, – becomes more pronounced or, or stronger, or you're able to exploit it, you know, over the course of 100 possessions, right? And a playoff series is going to be five, six, seven hundred possessions. Can you exploit your advantage more than the other guy exploits his? I think the more likely path forward with this is that, um, man, it's hard to tell the fans not to become attached to players because that's part of the fun of being a fan. It just is. And the people here are very good at becoming attached to players. But they're going to flip players. Which ones remain to be seen? Ainge is not going to stand still. They're going to flip players. So I think even if the, the players developing, even if they don't all fit together, is a positive because the more players who develop, uh, you can make trades and deals and try to get pieces that do fit together better. Whether that's age, whether that's their size, whether that's their skill set, you know, it's all a big puzzle. And so... You know, ultimately, does Sexton or George or both of them end up getting traded for better players that move it forward? Don't, don't rule that out. Anything's possible. Trader Danny, he got that nickname for a reason. Fine. All on, and it should be on the board. Everybody should be. No one has proven themselves untouchable. Absolutely not. There's just no way. There's very few guys in the entire league who've proven themselves as untouchable, and clearly they don't belong on this roster. But the thought being that the better these guys play or whoever these guys might be, in this case we're talking about the backcourt, then the more you're going to get in return. 
And that's a massive positive, at least to me it is, because he's not going to be just giving away these dudes. There's just no way that's going to happen. If he trades them, then that means you're going to get some big-time players coming back. And I'm fired up for that. If, if, it, if it were to come to that, I'm not saying it would, but if it were to come, up, come, from, come to that, then you're going to get some heck of a talent. You're going to get some heck of talents back, right? I'd have to believe that because he already did that. He already got a heck of a talent back in the Mitchell trade mm-hmm. with marketing. So, of course, the track record is undeniable there. The most Utah of sayings, heck of talents. I like that. <laughs> heck of talents? Heck of a town. So that's like hell, a hell. What, what did he say? A, a hell, hell of a sense. A hell of a sense. Two guys. Me and my buddies were in high school. That and makes a hell sister. of a sense. <laughs> I think I instigated the argument and sat back and no. watched them. And my sister, they were on vacation, and she asked me to take. She had two dogs. She had a Chihuahua and a German Shepherd, and I had to take care of the dogs. And in return, she let me drive her Barracuda, and it was a souped-up car. Oh, man, me and my two buddies, we took that Barracuda every which way you could possibly go in the Valley of the Sun that week. And now and, and now we know what song Yach's going to play coming back from the break, <laughs> Barracuda. It was a way, and I didn't have a car. Uh, I didn't have a, I never had a car in high school and uh, it was just so cool and I'm not that song might have been out at the time which just added to the coolness of it all and those guys were arguing and he just blurted out that makes a hell of a sense it's still a hell of, hell of a lot of sense he just when you think about it just a limit it's like what they did with Delta Center the, the, the is needless and hell of a lot of sense that's needless hell of a sense boom get to the point right Barracuda, 1977, Heart. Yeah, that song should have been out when I had that car. Perfect. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. We'll come up everything you missed in this show, including what uh, David Locke had to say about Colin Sexton. And there is a story out there, and at the time, Will Hardy made me laugh, and it backs up what David said. We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Will Hardy said, sometimes you got to learn from the player. And Colin Sexton's taught me more than any player I've ever coached in the sense that Will admitted, yeah, I was influenced by every story I'd heard. Every story about him, which was the fact that he was a ball hog and he put up points on a bad team and he didn't do anything for teammates. He's like, I've experienced nothing similar. The guy's one of the great teammates. If I'm honest about it, earlier this year I made a comment to someone that I've never been around a player with better intentions with less chance of getting it done. There is David Locke talking about Colin Sexton, his evolution, his growth as a player this year. 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Tim Dolly Mazda Southtown. Find your new Mazda at the south end of the valley at Tim Dolly Mazda Southtown. That's Tim Dolly Mazda Southtown in Sandy. You know, that's what uh, my mother-in-law said about me, too. Oh, really? (laughs) She started out with low expectations and ended up thinking, hey, yeah, actually, we're a decent catch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely, yeah. But in the beginning, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it was rough, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> uh, I just want to underscore what David said about Sexton. And I do think, um, you know, I, well, I, the bigger picture, I buy all that. The thing about Will Hardy learning from Colin, I partially buy. 
let's not get too much revisionist history here. The the thing about Colin that I think was one of his big stumbling blocks that he's overcome is that he's phenomenally quick and his entire career he just sees space and he takes it. And I got to imagine that when he was 12, 15, 18 years old through college, the first couple of years in Cleveland, it just it benefited him so much. He got so many buckets or he got so many assists because he could just beat the guy in front of him, in front of you. But at some point, yeah, yeah, you yeah. get in the NBA and more is expected of you, and you need a more, you need to be able to execute a more complicated game plan. And I thought last season that Will Hardy got frustrated with Colin. You know, we don't go to practices anymore. That ended 25 years ago. You used to know exactly what they were trying to do. You'd see shoot-arounds, so you know what they were trying to do. And now you kind of have to try to figure it out because they're trying to keep all that stuff secret. But I thought it was pretty clear Colin Sexton used to bust a lot of plays and make a lot of bad reads. And basically his brain was overpowered by the thought of, I see space, I can take it. I'm that quick, I'll get there before anybody. And there's a limit to how far that'll take you. And I think it really frustrated Will Hardy, who has a game plan and has an offense. And the other four players don't know what Colin's going to do because he's not running the offense that they practiced to shoot around that morning and that they prepared for. And then Colin misses a bunch of games. And I will remember this. This was hilarious. It shows how smart Will is and how good he is with words. There are things, and you know this, PK, because you had to take down coaches' quotes for years, and you're like, yeah, I'll write it down. I don't think it's the truth, but I'll go ahead and write it down because I know you can only say some things, but (laughs) that's, that's not really it. But okay, we'll play along. And he got asked, when Colin came back, they let him play one game after he'd been out for a long period of time. And he immediately gets asked in the postgame, how, uh, what'd you think of Colin? And, and I'd heard stuff about the frustration, and I think I'd seen it in games, and he goes, same old Colin, impossible to game plan for. And he said it as it's a positive because the other team can't game plan for him. But in it, I could hear the truth, the frustration. Yeah, I can't game plan for him either. I mean, you just don't need, the guy just takes off and does his own thing. And I thought that was going to be a big limiting thing to how good Colin could be. And he may not have completely eliminated that, but I think the respect you hear when Will talks about him now and when Locke relays that story is because I think to a large degree he's overcome that. I think he's much better at executing the offense, at delaying that impulse to, to say, there's space, I'm quick, I'm going to take it, because his teammates don't know what he's doing. And so he's doing it, but he does it more inside the offense now. And I think that's why Will's complimentary of him. And that quote from Will a year ago, I mean, I can still see him saying it, and I thought that was a genius response. It, genius. Huh? Partially the truth. And yet, if you know more of the story, oh yeah, he wasn't totally lying either. He just, you just didn't, you just didn't take it the way he meant it. Good answer. I love thirty-five-year-old geniuses. <laughs> I know you do. And we're fortunate there've been a long series of them here in Utah. Am I right? <laughs> Youths, Cougars, Jazz, just all geniuses. Everybody. What else that David Locke had to share about the Jazz caught your attention? I know the length of the rebuild. How many years is this team going to be lottery bound? And when do they commit to going forward? When does it become two steps forward and one back instead of one step forward and two back? That's, that's the million-dollar question right there. And we as jazz fans, and I put myself in that category, uh, basically want to know the answer to that. And I don't know that they know the answer, so I don't know that they can give you a straight answer 
Yeah, I think if they did, they would. They've got ideas. They, they've probably got a what? lot of ideas. 20 potential deals mm-hmm. and ways and roads to go down yep. that's cooking in their brains. Guys they and, want, but do they become yeah. available? And they're working on it. You know, they're, they're maneuvering to put themselves into position to be able to have these opportunities of that. I feel an extreme level of confidence that that's the case, that that's the way they're going to go. So with that in mind, you know, what's it going to be? It's, it's rough going through it because – these seasons, you know, they come around and you get way into it. And then when the season's over, it's like it's a big empty space. And then you got to wait four or five months. It just seems like, you know, when we look back over our lives, boy, those 10 years, you look in the eyes of your kid and you, he or she is five. And then they're 15. Where did that go? And then they're 25. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And so when you look back like it, but when you're going through it, it seems like it just takes a long time and, and you want it. And so I think you'll get it. But on what timeline? I can't answer that. I don't think they can't answer that. But they're working, I believe, uh, with uh, all the possible passion that they could have and energy to be able to get that situation where the fans will appreciate it and say, okay, that was something. It's just that this year, and I understand the frustration, you could have made a tangible progress. And you still can, but you gave up the opportunity to make a real tangible progress. Now, maybe they wouldn't have gotten in there, and that would have been the the worst of the situation is you don't get in, and then you didn't get the picks, right? That That would be worse than not getting in and not having the picks, but maybe you wanted in. And at least if you got in, you could hang your hat on that. Well, Hey, last year they didn't get in in Will's first season as coach. This year they did. That's progress. And that's the way it usually works, right? You have to have some incremental progress. And they stalled that incremental progress this year. And that leads to a level of frustration. So in order to recapture it, then, do they have to, as far as not skipping steps, do they have to make more progress next year than they would have if they would have kept the three guys? Uh, that's a highly theoretical guess and an answer now because I don't know what they're going to do with those draft picks. Are they going to so what? trade them for somebody? Yeah. So they, what? If they trade them for somebody you really like who can help right away, well, then I will expect to see the progress right away. If they trade for somebody, or if they don't trade and they use the picks and they get somebody who's good, but they're not good as a rookie, but they're really good year three, then it was great, even if it sucks in the short term. I mean, what are they going to do with those picks? If they take those picks and they just miss on guys, oh, we got a lot of picks. Well, remember the year they had like three picks from forty-five to fifty, and none of those guys panned out. Whiff, whiff, and whiff. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. That's 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 irrelevant to the question. Are they going to be able to make the progress next year? They have to make progress. At some point, you gotta you gotta make progress, and it's not okay. Well, I gotta know who the roster. I'm not asking what type of progress, what level of progress. That comes through the knowledge of the roster. But I believe that you can't go three years stepping back, stepping back, stepping back. Hey, come on, you gotta get right. going. But they could have that Phoenix Sun season that you and Locke were talking about, where Hornacek's the coach and they win 48 games. They don't make the playoffs in this era. It seems like 48 would definitely make the playoffs. Oh, sure it would. But can you be better and you know miss the playoffs? Will they be better? And yet, because of how good the team is, we still feel like they underachieved. 
You know, are they no. going to they going to be an eighth Not place team year. a year from now? And yet we sit here and feel like they left five wins on the table. No. You rule that out immediately yeah. and dismissively. Yeah, they left five wins on the table, and they probably got five wins that were they were fortunate to get. I do think that you know the players you can add going forward. You have to be careful about who you add because you use you use your assets, whether that's the cap room or the draft picks or whatever, and you get somebody who's good but they're not good enough to get where you want to go. And they resisted the temptation to go get DeJounte Murray, and I brought that up about a week ago. And you're like, who is DeJounte Murray, and why, why was he ordained the guy? Well, he's ordained the guy because there weren't a lot of people available in this window, and he was the one who had an all-star appearance. Now, he didn't have five all-star appearances. He had one. You know, He hasn't won multiple playoff series. I'd have to look at his career to see how many he's won, if he's won. Who's this you're talking about? DeJounte Murray. And so they passed on getting somebody now. <laughs> and that was the right him. decision. They don't need him. I, and that's what they decided when they decided not to go trade for him. <laughs> now, who's going to be available this summer, and are they going to be able to go get him? And is it going to be the right move? Because that is going to have a lot to decide with how good they are in next season. If they add a veteran piece, you speed the whole thing up. Yeah, but I don't care. I don't care. I want them to be better next year. I'm not saying, well, okay, if, maybe, this, that. No, be better next year. Come on. You can't go three years with not being better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who the names are. Who cares who the names are? Go be better. People definitely care who the names are. You're missing the point. Okay. The, the, the big picture is... The fans want them to be better. They care who the names are, but they don't care who it is as long as it's better. better. It's not they got to have player X. If player Y and Z are better, make them better. They don't care. They'll love whoever makes them better. Of course they care because they want to get so involved in it. The idea being they have got to get better. And whatever form or manner that takes, that's all that matters. Does it matter if when they get better, there's still more upside beyond that? Or they're better, yes, but they're yes, as good as they yes. can be? No, I get your point on that, and I agree with you. I think that's the point you're making, is yes. I'm not asking for leaps and bounds. Although we'd be okay with that. Well, obviously, I would prefer that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm growing that. old here, man. I want, to, I want to get going. I want to talk about a playoff. The playoffs in this community absolutely rock. And there's just you can feel it, and you go down. Even if you don't go to the game, if you just go down to the plaza, the energy, the weather's usually better. It's all sorts of fun. And then once you get inside, it's not like any regular season game ever. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for your feedback. The question, where does the NBA All-Star Game rank on your list of TV sports viewing this weekend? PK, I think this question got more response than all the other questions combined. You had like four of them up there. One of them was good. I'm saving it for next week. We didn't air it. But this has just uh, gotten so much reaction. The All-Star Game, I do believe it pisses people off. <laughs> Florida Ute, I didn't even know it was this weekend. Okay, oh, except except too. people are watching jazz games and they've been saying, here's the games left until the All-Star break. Lane right. says it ranks right at the bottom above the Pro Bowl, which doesn't really exist anymore. Now it's the Pro Bowl games with flag football. 
I got to admit, I did not watch one thing of that. Me neither. Preston, taping it on my VCR while I go fishing. Okay. Ice fishing, obviously. Haas, uh, P. Haas, this, except for the recording the All-Star Game part. <laughs> He's going fishing and not taping it on his VCR. I saw in the celebrity game, Nakua's going to play. And I believe he played high school basketball, did he not? Puka did. He was a pretty good player to warm. Yeah. I, I can recall that. I would advise Puka not to drive to the hoop, just run from one three-point line to the other, play no defense, and shoot threes. I would assume that's oh. what he will be doing. You have a brilliant NFL future in front of you. Do not get hurt in a celebrity all-star basketball so, thing. So then just sit in a, in a, in a cave in the offseason? That is not what I said. That is what you said. I said I run from said. Run, one three-point line to the other. I said that. I asked the question. I never no, said you said that. No, I do that. not think the Puka Nakua should live in a cave um, up in uh, Timpanogos Cave in the office. So don't ride a, a motorcycle, don't go skiing, don't go water skiing. Where does it end? Well, pretty much you're reading an NFL player's average contract right now. Yeah, those, those bad boys are like prohibited. What, what can they do? Can they go surfing? I don't know about that. I don't that. know about surfing. Yeah, I don't know about surfing. It's a good question. I don't know if he has a surfing background. I know a lot of Polynesians, at least that I knew in California, did. ABQUTE one Albuquerque Ute. Where does it rank? And he's got a scene from The Simpsons where three judges hold up zero on their scorecard, including Krusty the Clown. Not interested in the All-Stars. Clint O'Pete says the All-Star game is really the dunk contest and the three-point contest all over again with ten dudes on the floor. Can he go cliff diving? No. Yeah, that one's a good one. I'm Sean McVay. No. No. Parasailing? Parasailing. Yeah, I'll let him go parasailing. I think that one's okay. <laughs> but not parachuting? Nope, nope. Too much gravity involved there. Not happening. <laughs> I'd never want to do that anyway. <laughs> Lance says it's very low. I'll watch Saturday. I won't watch the game. Why should I care if the players don't care? Bang, Lance, right on the point, right there. If the players don't care, why should you? If the players do care, well, then it's competition. It can be fun. You well, I mean, told they care s- enough to go out there, so maybe you should care enough to casually watch it and <laughs> just turn, like me, you know, half an eye. Turn the game on while you walk around the house and do stuff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they care enough to be there and, you know, run up and down and throw down some dunks. But – there's no response for it. There's no consequence for it. As far as I know, the games are sold out. Yeah, it's a so huge, that, it's a huge corporate are, event. What are they sending a message that no one's rebuffing it? Nor does it appear anyone's going to. When they Right, exactly, precisely. When they made the announcement, it was all sorts of excitement. Yay, the All-Star Game's coming. Remember? I do. We went to a press conference in that brand new atrium they built. Yeah. I didn't know, but at the, I, I, until then, I didn't know you could get a drink in Salt Lake. But after that, I went out and got one. It was breaking news. <laughs> the Dog Saint says, I haven't watched the NBA All-Star Game in 25 years, and I've had season tickets to the Jazz for 20. Let's see, if you go back 30 years, when the All-Star Game was here the first time, it went overtime and they played hard. It was still watchable at that point. Now they would make sure. Get that thing over with and let's get out of here. Was it a slow decline or did it go from competitive to non-competitive one year to the next? 
I don't think it was a one year, but I think it was a fairly quick decline. I think somewhere around the late 90s, early 2000s, it really went off the cliff, but I haven't gone back and uh, tried to figure out exactly when no, that I happened. No, I thought people blamed it on LeBron, that everybody just took a cue from him. Mm. Okay, that would be a little later then. Maybe there were still good games in the late 90s, because obviously LeBron wasn't in the league then. I'll tell you this, David James Nigeldorf the third. There's no way Kobe dogged it. <laughs> Jeff, I won't watch one second. Would that do it? If the TV ratings cratered and the audience still showed up, the, the fans still show up, because it's a corporate thing and you get the trip and there's, you know, a bunch of high rollers coming in, a bunch of big time corporate executives. I have no idea what the TV ratings are ever for that game, so I can't answer that. I don't pay attention. Could a TV partner put enough pressure on them that they would figure out a way to make the game better? Or they've already been trying to do that and they just can't figure it out. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's more of that, isn't it? Trump it up big time, man, right? I mean, silver, I think that's where he lost most of his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Worrying about that. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Enjoy the holiday weekend. We are back on Tuesday morning. Jake and Ben are up next right here on The Zone.